Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Alex McLeod. We recorded this last weekend in his home in Seattle. Get Up in the Cool is listener-funded. Shout out to Brendan McLean and Betsy Brown, Get Up in the Cool's newest supporters. Thank you both so much. If anyone else listening wants to make sure I can keep this show going every week, head on over to patreon.com slash getupinthecool and sign up. That's linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Alex McLeod. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you, Cameron. Happy to be here. Very happy to be here, actually. We're in what looks like your office Mm. music room. Yeah. Instruments everywhere. My wife has been calling it my tech room. Your Uh, tech room? Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I got into riding horses over the pandemic, and so I I had a lot, and I've always had a lot of gear-intensive hobbies. And so we moved our bedroom around after our kids went off to college. And uh, so we thought this would be a room to keep my gear out of every other room. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so here it is. So tack. Tack is. That's the, the, horse gear. Horse, horse stuff. Yeah. Is there horse gear somewhere? There is there is horse gear here. There's hats, cowboy hats. Sure. There's a bunch of uh, ropes actually in the closet. I, I, I was going to say the hats are more swag. That's it's swag. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I do have much. I was into roping steers, and so I, oh uh, I I learned how to do that. So I've got ropes everywhere. You you learned. I learned how to do it. You that. know how to do it. I now. can now do that. You're I can now rope a steer. Done learning from a moving horse. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and very difficult. I've never seen anyone do that before. 
worth saying. It's really fun. If you go to a rodeo sometime, and they should be starting back up in the region, there's there's actually a lot of rodeos, particularly on the east side of the state, yeah. uh, where you can go and watch all kinds of crazy stuff done a horseback. Uh, yeah. Now, the steers that you have roped, how, like, down are they for being roped? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> steers get trained just like horses do. Boy, this is a weird way to start this music podcast. Well, you said this is the first interesting thing you said, and it's right <laughs> off the bat, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, steers get trained just like the like horses and riders do, and, um, and so there are different grades of steers for different events. And there's definitely some pokey-pokey steers that just don't really mind so much, and then there's some steers that are really hot and they're for like top grade events and there are people there you know ranchers whose job it is to just raise roping steers and right uh, yeah that's so funny to think about i it hadn't occurred to me uh that they're yeah <laughs> raised to perform a that cows have these deep specialties that they're part of yeah right but it's for entertainment they're yeah Divas. Yeah. They're divas. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And they're just mimicking an activity that, you know, is a ranch activity, you know, right. rope, roping a steer that's on the run is part of what happens on in a in a big ranch setting. And so all all rodeo sports are essentially just right. mimicking ranch right. activities. But how many of the like I guess I don't know how much roping actually needs to be done for practical purposes anymore. Yeah, it still happens. It still happens. Yeah, people still still ride and rope out on the range yeah. as all the songs tell us. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, this was a, a weird, um, uh, sidebar. Well, I, so I, I got to, um, be involved with the cowboy poetry gathering. I've heard of this. Yeah. Um, Kate, Kate and Morgan yeah. went right. Yeah, yeah. So that was the second year I, I'd, I'd gone the year before I'd been invited out to do square dance programming for the gathering yeah. and i went out with um that first year with uh carrie lung and um harry leadstrand and his wife cindy they're now from the um from the bay area and uh they were my band and i was a caller and we did all this square dance programming and the next year we came back with a with a band that included carrie lung tom collicott morgan john and and kate lichtenstein and had a just a blast um and through that got a chance to meet a bunch of ranchers including a ranching family that uh subsequently went and visited uh during a road trip and got really interested in riding horses and seeing what their life was like and so it really it kind of opened up yeah. a whole bunch of new pursuits um just as a result of having those experiences at the yeah. gathering yeah well have you now that you're a cowboy yeah uh, are you a cowboy poet yet? Have you done yeah. enough roping that no. you can start waxing poetic about it? I don't know that I can. We definitely did some fun storytelling at the gathering. Uh, and maybe someday I'll, I'll take a stab at cowboy poetry. But uh, yeah. um, I also, I, I did some, gosh, gosh, we did so much fun stuff there. We, um, we got to play in all these schools. Uh, which is a big part of the the festival, but they also sent us out to um, there's a Shoshone, uh, the Duck Valley Reservation is up um, about a couple hours outside of Elko, pretty remote part of the country, certainly of the state, and we got to go up there and do um, a uh, an assembly for that whole school, which is basically like for it's all the Native um, American kids who 
are on the reservation and we did this and they had the whole school came out and as soon as we lit into a, a tune uh the bleachers just emptied and these kids just poured onto the floor and just started spontaneously dancing in front of us yeah. it was wow. just an amazing experience cool. like really fun yeah. uh and but we also did some um yeah, we did some fun storytelling stuff. We did uh, some Dutch oven cooking workshops. Ah, uh, cool. Just, yeah, we, yeah. we had a lot, a lot of fun out there. Not not any poetry yet, but maybe yeah. some, someday. Awesome. Well, let's play another tune, and then I want to hear yeah. how you got into any of this stuff? music in general. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. How about um, another fiddle tune? Um, is this another A tune? It's another A tune. Great. Yeah. This is that... Um, Sometimes called Newcastle, it's a Henry Reed tune. Uh, oh, sometimes I, called Welcome Back to Texas or Texas. I think I've maybe played this before. Let me see what I can do. Yeah, yeah. see It's a little bit of a. It feels like an like an old bit of music, and it is.
Isn't that funny? It's a yeah, funny it's little thing. Tricky, too. Yeah. That was, uh, man, that was, I, I picked that one in part because that was kind of an early tune in my uh, old-time consciousness. Mm. Um, I could see how that would shift your ear to old-time phrasing. Yeah. That, like, little sort of parenthetical, like, at the end of the form. Yeah, it kind of teaches you, oh, yeah, Yeah. music might be shaped a little different than you're used to. Yeah. uh, Yeah, and it was, so I came to the music through, uh, like, so many in this area through the Canoe class. Yeah, very good. uh, Which is just such a great legacy that they have built, are building, continue to build. Well, how did you become aware of the Canoe class? Yeah. It was a little random. I, you know, I went to, I'm from the Northwest. I went to school down in, um, at PLU in Tacoma and was living in the Seattle area after graduation and had a schoolmate, a school friend who was living up here. And she invited me out to a, a contra dance that was over in Ballard and went. And then somehow she learned about this class and had taken the class. And she's like, oh, I thought, I think you maybe would really like this. And I was just, I had played guitar in college a little bit, like lots of college youths do. Yeah. Um, and so I went as a guitar player and um, absolutely fell in love with the class and uh, wanted to go take it again. I, and I thought my wife would enjoy taking it also. Um, she was also a guitar player. And I was like, oh, this would be weird to have two guitar players in the same family taking, I should, I should just learn one of the melody, melody yeah. instruments. And I was like, mm, I'll, I'll learn fiddle. I, yeah. I said confidently. Yeah. Learning fiddle, <laughs> the practical decision. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So easy on everybody that you know and love. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I had no idea what a, um, vigorously resistant instrument the fiddle was going to be yeah. for me. Like it was, it was hard on everybody. But I loved it, and um, I actually built my first fiddle from a kit from Stu Mac. It's oh, that, cool. That blonde one over Aww. there, missing a couple strings, which is a really bad fiddle. It's not great <laughs> at all. Uh, but it was it gave me enough... I, I couldn't even imagine going in and like trying to pick out a fiddle. I just knew so little about the about the instrument. And... Wait, did you build it before you learned to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was step one, build fiddle. This is a thing that... <laughs> Some people do. I feel like it's a, I I feel like I've mostly seen it in men. I feel like it's sort of like some sort of like masculine unlocking of like, I can learn this once I learn how, I can learn how how to play this once I learn how to build it. Yeah, there's something there. It's definitely a pathology of some kind. (laughs) It's not the shortest, easiest, or even the most efficient way to the end. But I I did it. It is a funny thing to do, but I think it's also kind of nice. It does kind of demystify the object. Like, uh, it's just a box with strings on it. I made this. I can learn how to play Anybody can do that. Yeah. You make make a chair and then you sit it. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Um... So I started scratching away at the canoe class, and um, you're, you're familiar with the um, the format there. You, you learn eight tunes over the course of eight weeks. You play them until you're sick of them. At the end of that, you, you've got your eight tunes. And what they used to do quite frequently at the class is they would book a dance at the end of the session. Hmm. And they would mic, Greg and Candy and Jerry would get mic'd up in the front, and the rest of the class would just stand behind them on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, then we would, and they would play for the dance, that set of eight tunes that they had learned. And, uh, it's a brilliant format. It's a great format. Yeah. It was my, and so we did one at the, <clears throat> that, uh, Norse hall down in Ballard. And I remember Jerry turning around 
and looking at us all back there, wide-eyed, standing behind him, and for the very first tune, and he said, we're going to play this tune faster and longer than we've ever played it before, so hang on tight. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, they just took off. And as soon as that floor of dancers started dancing to that music and the pulse of the feet was coming right at the stage, I was just like, oh, this is what it's for. Yeah. This is what this is all about. It's all about this. And yeah. I was absolutely hooked from that point on. I couldn't get enough. Mm. Uh, so I was at the Canoe class for a number of years, formed a band um, uh, out of that class with some other kind of novice musicians. And we played as the Rabbit Stew String Band for a bunch of years and ended up hosting some dances. So play, started playing dances right away. And then that, and then lots of one thing led to another. Yeah segues from there yeah so. well let's play another tune and then i want to hear about when you started calling uh yeah yeah because obviously at that moment you had the connection of dancing and and yeah. playing and of course you would want to i had those two elements yeah in, in and calling life. is is a low is, is as far as i understand it a low gear maybe you have to get like a microphone or something depending on yeah yeah you definitely you've got the some least, way to get you got the right? least amount of kit to schlep around when you get to a dance <laughs> uh, i just those are my calling note cards on the table yeah. over there and pretty compact it's right? great i just stuff them in a yeah coat pocket yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier than being the pa guy yeah. for sure um uh, another this? another tune. Should we do another fiddle tune and we can switch the banjo later in the thing that way yeah, that, sounds that way you don't have to retune it all and, um yeah i was thinking about um Granddad's favorite? Oh yeah, I love this one. Yeah, that's great. I don't see, I don't find a lot of people that. I got this from um, Dave Bing and Ben Townsend CD that Tri-State Duets album cool. that they released, and um, this is just a tune I really liked. Off.
I think I'm detecting a theme in your taste for tunes. Yeah. And, like, I think everyone so far has had that same kind of phrasing old-time trick to it. It's like... Yeah. Which is also one of my favorite things. I did pick a few... Yeah, I definitely picked some... Maybe I didn't consciously realize that, but they all are... I don't think I picked a square one out of... Well, no, I do have one of the the tunes I I picked out was square. Maybe later on. Maybe later (laughs) on, yeah. Yeah, I definitely like the... I definitely like the weirder tunes, although I can get stymied by, like, in a jam, if if I encounter a, a tune that's crooked... For the first time, I can get stymied by yeah. it. It takes me a while to unlock it. Uh, but I think these are all ones where the melody sort of dictates. It brings you along. Yeah. yeah, it. it There are crooked tunes that are like, why did yeah, well, they make yeah. this? Crooked? It's like it's like the yeah. record got chopped somehow. Yeah, uh, snake eating its tail. You're not sure why yeah. at the moment it makes the jump. Yeah, these ones are a little bit more purposeful. Purposeful. Yeah, yeah, melodic in their crookedness. Um, but yeah, I guess I, I'm I've been drawn to some of those in uh, in the music I've been playing or listening to. But I got plenty. I'm not of trying stuff. to cold read. I know that's fine. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we learn about yeah. people through their musical <laughs> selections. I'm going to make some sort of astrology. Yeah, you can definitely. Around. Yeah, you've, you've got enough. Uh, you've got enough interview material now, probably to uh, to really create a, a whole yeah. system. Yeah. Based on and it. then a cult. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I go down in flames. I don't know if you caught me. You like you did. You did some flourish there about fourth time through, that I found so surprising. Like I, it took me right off the rail. <laughs> which it's always my goal. Which is great. I was just like, I was, no, it was fantastic. It's one of the things about playing for dances. You learn uh, pretty quickly is that it doesn't really matter how disrupted you get. Like the music's got its. Yeah, yeah it, got, it dictates it, like where you get back on the train. And, yeah, and it's okay to fall off right now and then. You just get back on. Yeah, <laughs> just get back on. So yeah, when did you start calling? Yeah, so we, my my band and I, we had started hosting a dance. So let's see. I, I first took the Knuck class as a fiddle player in two thousand seven, and then two thousand ten, eleven, twelve, we hosted a monthly dance at the Gypsy Cafe. Um, now called the Stoneway Cafe down the bottom of Stone, and uh, which was great. And our goal with that dance was to um, have it be a family friendly environment for a dance because the tractor dance uh, was all twenty one plus, and to have it be a kind of a halfway house, a place where new bands could try and callers could try their craft without having to do a full night. Because the tractor at the time felt like the big stage, and we wanted to give people smaller stages to try things out. Yeah. So all these callers came through. I wasn't calling then, but I, I recorded all those dances. And so I had all this caller material that I recorded. Mm. And I had a chance to just watch lots of callers practice their craft, which was really fun. Um, and then not too long after that, I was doing a dance out in Yakima. My bro- I've got a twin brother, and he was for a time the head pastor of a large church out there. And they did this annual harvest festival thing and had us come out and there were like 300 people ready to dance, like on the dance floor. We were all set up and Gabe Strand was supposed to be calling it. And he was driving this really crappy RV back from somewhere and it just broke down and mm-hmm. broke down and broke down. And he called me about 15 minutes before the dance was supposed to start. And he's like, I'm not going to make it. I'm broken down the side of the road. And so I was like, oh, crap. Uh, <laughs> And so, like many callers, my first yeah. dance was an act of total duress. Yeah. So I stood up and had the banjo player and the guitar player just do their best to bang out a 
uh, you know, the, they weren't very happy about it, but they did it. They banged out their, their tunes and I called from memory, just the simplest things I could remember to call. Yeah. And we got through it yeah. and that kind of burst the bubble. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the dare to be square event started showing up and I was, um, I was getting some calling, actual calling instruction. And then Charmaine gave me a chance to call a dance, just one figure at, a, at the tractor one night. And then I just started saying yes to calling. Um, yeah. And, and that turned into just, just so many opportunities. Um, I got it. I called, called all over the state called. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it just, cra- it's crazy how just saying yes, it just brought, all this opportunity to call like yeah. it just took off from there so yeah and it's been fun it's been a really fun thing to do um although it's uh i got kind of lazy like being a, a square dance fiddler is like the easiest gig because uh-huh. you're sitting on your hands half the time just you know jabbering with the band and yeah. waiting for the dance to start and yeah. it's the, i love it it's like oh there's so much just fun banter that happens behind the mic uh, at a square dance when you're the caller it's like you're on yeah. <laughs> All the time, start to finish. Uh, and so there's definitely quite a bit of pressure on, on that role for a, for a dance. Yeah. But, and you just, uh, you just called your first, uh, couple back, uh, just recently, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it had to turn out, turns out square dancing was the most dangerous game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, everything went away. I was supposed to be like, just before the pandemic started, I was supposed to be down calling in LA. I was going to call, um, a dance down there. I was really excited about that. And I had done the, 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 uh, cowboy poetry gathering. We were supposed to be coming back for that. Everything just evaporated. Like yeah. it all stopped, uh, reasonably stopped. Um, and, it's only just now starting to come back. And so we had the first tractor dance, uh, in, in May, um, or actually, no, it was in April. So is April was the first tractor dance. And, um, so we're going to do that monthly again. And so we, we did it April and May and we've got one this month and then we'll take a break for the summer and we'll be back at it in the fall. But that feels really good to get that started again. And then, some wedding gigs are starting to show up yeah. and, you know, people are wanting to interact with each other in, in these ways. And so some, some of those private gig requests are, are coming back and it feels like maybe it's coming back. Yeah. Um, tentatively, but yeah. still it's coming back. So yeah, it feels good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You've I, got some calling aspirations. I think I, I overheard in one of your interviews once. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah. There's a, a few corners of uh, old time music that I haven't, gotten around to that I wanted to. They're both dance related, which would yeah. be flat footing and, and calling. And, uh, yeah, it just seems like it would be a lot of fun. And, uh, I imagine calling being really fun because of all the energy exchange that you're like at the nexus between yeah the band and the dancers. So. It's pretty great when everything lines up and occasionally there's some discord there, <laughs> but mostly yeah. it's pretty great when it lines up. Yeah. And, and the, the pleasure of, uh, seeing people enjoy their, their own success when, yeah. when it works. Uh, and it often, and that's really on you to help them to, to make them successful, yeah. to make everybody feel like they're invited to do it and that they're going to be successful. And then in fact they are, yeah. uh, that is the best. Um, when you just see people kind of drop all their filters and they just have surprise and joy and smiles on their face. Like that's really fun. Really yeah. fun. 
Yeah, I I used to have more kinds of opportunities to do that, you know, like having yeah. music jobs where I would, you know, like conduct a choir or something, mm-hmm. um, or back when I participated in, in church, yeah, uh, right. you know, there would be these opportunities to lead a bunch of people to do something. Some sort of music. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I'm glad that I'm not doing either of those things anymore, but I do miss that one aspect of it. And yeah. maybe, co- maybe calling's the way. I, the way I highly yeah. recommend it. I think it's great. There's always room for more callers. Um, and it is hard to find kind of your first opportunity because it feels so daunting yeah. and often call it, the calling gigs involve having a night of music or a night of a night of dances. And like, that's you're like, I've never called in one dance. How am I supposed to call two right. hours of dancing? Right. <laughs> uh, so finding bite-sized opportunities, sharing a night with somebody or opening for somebody yeah. like, um, I, I can't imagine any caller that I know that wouldn't be like, oh, you want to call a figure or two as your first one? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll make room for you on the stage for this dance or that dance. Or yeah. So I think finding a bite-sized place to start. Yeah. And then maybe really nice. finding like a a caller who's pr- who's prone to flaking out or getting in a wreck or <laughs> yeah. yeah, just be breaking there. down on the side of the road. Just be ready. Yeah. <laughs> this is just vigilance. Vigilance will do it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I think once you start calling, the opportunities to call up, appear like wildfire. Cool. Like because there actually aren't that many people who dive in. Yeah. So. Well, what do you want to play next? Uh, you want? Should we try a banjo too? Absolutely. Is it, would that be too inconvenient? Um, Not at all. Well, let's try. Uh, let's try this old Romero banjo here. Oh, I say old. This is my. This is my pandemic instrument. It arrived at the head of the pandemic, and I've now been playing banjo for the last two years. All right. Um, this is a tune that I got from a recording Charlie Beck did. It was um, his on his Leave the Light On album. Mm-hmm. And uh, he calls it Boatin' Up Sandy, but I cannot find the source a source recording for this that attributes it beyond Charlie Beck. Yeah. Even though there's plenty of boat up Sandys. Right. But it's not any of those as far as I can. Yeah. Think. I was going to say it's a common, it's title. common title. And yeah. there's, there's some forms that seem to be very common for the title, but this one's not one of them. So yeah. I don't know where you got it. Right um, and because I consumed that album digitally, I don't have the liner notes to reference. Yeah. So <laughs> I just have to call Charlie sometime. What key is it in? Uh, this is a uh, M and G. Um, Maybe I'll do this one. You want to do that guy? And then we'll, we'll see. It's a little floppy. There's a tuner there if you want it, or you can just, I know you're going to go by ear. Cool. Might need a little more condensing, but yeah.
Good banjo duet. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> it's fun to hear that mas- that minstrel banjo. Yeah, this thing's fun. Is that a, is that an oak rim on that? Um, I I think so. I'm mm. not exactly sure. I didn't buy this. Oh, maple neck oak rim. I think. Yeah. You're welcome to give it a shot. Uh, I, I think I, I wouldn't do it justice, I'm sure. It's, <laughs> it's already time to talk about where people go to hire <laughs> no. you to call a dance yeah, yeah. And, uh, and anything else you want to mention. Yeah, I wish I had a site for this. I, um, I haven't built a website for my calling yet. I was, I was kind of just building that when things shut down and it didn't seem like a thing I needed to work on for right. the last two years. So I don't have anything mm-hmm. immediately, but um, it's always great if people... Um, connect with like the old time Seattle Facebook group oh, yeah. or um, the, and the tractor tavern um, dances will get advertised there. And that's another great spot to kind of find dancing again. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'd, I'd point people in, the, in those directions. Um, and uh, obviously the Canote brothers, the they're still doing their class uh, with candy and um, they're trying to, I always, if anybody ever has even the, the, the smallest whisper of interest in this stuff, I usually point them in that direction because it was such a, a boon to me as a beginning player. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's the site? Melissa um, ran it. It's called uh, stringband.mossyroof.com. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's like the whole archive. It's a treasure right? trove. Yeah. 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 Even if you just want to go listen to tunes. Uh, yeah. One of the things I love about that is it's always the class recordings. And so Greg and Jerry always end a tune with just laughter, which I think is a, yeah. not, not, a bad, not a bad way to end it. Yeah, tune. their laughing is... It's infectious. It's, it's good laughing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the best kind. That's out of, out of all of the things that I'm glad is captured. They're, yeah. they're just laughing all the time. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, I actually got a chance. I, I'm a carpenter in my, my daytime job now, and... Uh, and I don't know if you know, but they did house painting for years and years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I actually worked on Kate Lichtenstein's house. Mm. I did some carpentry on that house, and they painted the exterior. Yeah. And so I hung out with them one summer. I was doing the siding, and they were painting right behind me. And they're the same on a job site as they are on stage. Yeah. <laughs> just just uh, joy and laughter all the time. It was really fun. Mm. Fun summer. Well, what should we do for our final tune? Um, well, maybe we'll play this... This D, well, it's in a double C tuning, this double C tuning banjo that I built this uh, last winter out in North Carolina. You, did you really build it just to have around in double C? Yeah, I love having banjos that I don't have to retune. Yeah, sure. One, because I never remember what the tunings are. I think I should have them like tattooed on my <laughs> wrist or something, like memento style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but it is nice. John G tuning. It is so nice to just be able to reach for one and go. Oh, I'll play those those tunes now and not have to, you know, remember how yeah. the tuning goes. Um, so yeah, and the tune I was thinking of is, um, oh yeah, it's it's kind of a cowboy tune. It's called. Um, it was on the Spencer and Rains album. It's called uh, Gone Indian, as a Bob Wills tune. Oh right, right. Um, and uh, one that I fell in love with on the fiddle. And then it was just one that found its way out on the banjo once I started yeah. picking on it. Cool. That's fun. So, yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. Oh, my gosh. Cameron, it was a pleasure to get to talk with you today. Yeah. Let's uh, do it again off record soon. I'll yeah. I would, I, I would yeah. like to. Uh, it'd be fun to. It's nice to be playing music with people yeah. again. 
So it sure is. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. It is, in fact, the best. It's yeah. what it's for. Um, all right. So this is Gone Indian by uh, Bob Wills, courtesy of Spencer and Rain's Skeleton Keys album. Put a link in the show notes for the Seattle Old Time Music Facebook group, which is the best way to stay abreast of Seattle Old Time news, including the Tractor Tavern Dance. Go join up so you can show up. 
You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawhammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. My other podcast is Think Outside the Box Set, available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>